everyone. Welcome back to TTT, the Talking Transport Transformation Podcast, brought to you by TUMI, the Transformative Urban Mobility Initiative. Cycling is a key element to move towards sustainable mobility and to reduce carbon emissions. Policymakers and cycling advocates are constantly working towards promoting this sustainable practice. The European Cyclists Federation, in short ECF, is an independent non-profit association. They engage in promoting, improving and increasing cycling everywhere in Europe. Today we are happy to have Jill Warren, CEO of the European Cyclist Federation, as a guest in our Tumi podcast. We will be hearing some interesting insights about ECF and their role in the promotion of cycling in European cities. We will learn from Jill about the challenges and key elements of promoting this mode of transport. As a bonus, you might even find out Jill's favorite cycling route through Europe. So let's hear from Jill herself. Hi, Jill. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you. Happy to be here. <laughs> I am happy to dive deeper into your work today that you do with the European Cyclists Federation today. And um, Jill, you have been an advocate for cycling for years and you practice it as a mode of transport yourself. And just an introduction question. What inspired you to adopt cycling? And in your opinion, What can be done to draw more people into this sustainable practice? Yeah, I learned to cycle as a child, like a lot of children then and now. And cycling was freedom. I mean, it was the freedom to go places and explore places without your parents. And it increased the range that I could go to visit friends or go to the public swimming pool or, or places like that. And it, it really was an easy way to get from A to B. And I think that really is the key to draw more people into it. Anything we can do to make it an easy way to go from A to B will draw more people to cycling. Yeah, I totally get that. I love cycling myself and I love uh, getting on my bike for work in the morning or as a child um, to go to, the, to my friends or to the swimming pool. Uh, yeah, I totally get that. And you now work for ECF. And if I would ask you, What role does ECF play in supporting the promotion of cycling in the European cities? How would you describe it? Yeah, so ECF is an umbrella federation of cyclist advocacy organizations throughout Europe. And our mission is to promote cycling on their behalf as a sustainable and healthy means of transport and leisure. And in doing so, we help achieve outcomes that also benefit European cities. Um, we have some very ambitious high-level goals as part of our 2030 strategy um, to do this. So we want to see more cycling, which we define as an increase in cycling levels by 50% by 2030. We want cycling to be much safer, which we define as a serious reduction in the rate of cyclists killed or seriously injured. So a, at least a 50% reduction there on the way towards Vision Zero. We want to see stronger political support, which for us means cycling being prioritized alongside walking, public and shared transport in, in the mobility mix. We want higher investment in cycling. We hope that could be up to 15 billion euros um, by the end of the decade. And we hope that all of this can translate into about 100,000 additional kilometers of cycling infrastructure by 2030. And that... Um, benefits um, cities all throughout Europe. This sounds great. I think it would be interesting to hear from your point of view, 
what role does cycling play in the urban mobility system? And um, what would you say, what are challenges you have faced while promoting that practice? Well, cycling should be a prioritized and integral part of the sustainable urban mobility mix. And, you know, that prioritization is, is key because of the benefits that it has over individual motorized uh, transport. You know, we think it really does deserve that place in the mix. Um, but there are a lot of challenges to getting there. And I think the biggest challenge is changing the status quo in cities where that's not yet the case. So that means getting policy and decision makers to give cycling the investment, the priority, and the space that it deserves. So changing the status quo, taking parking spaces away, um, you know, maybe fighting entrenched interests who like things just the way they are, thank you very much, are, are the challenges in, in getting there. And I think in your day-to-day -day work, you often talk to policymakers, and I see it that there have been increasing efforts to transform cities towards cycling-friendly urban environments over the years. And in your opinion, what can be key elements that those policymakers should consider when formulating the policy framework for cycling? Yeah, policies and strategies are what tend to drive investments. So if a city's policies prioritize active and sustainable mobility, that's a much better basis for ensuring that they'll make the resources available for it um, than if they don't have those kind of uh, priorities and strategies. Um, a good example would be, let's say, Ireland, where in their coalition agreement in 2020, um, they prioritized um, explicitly cycling and walking in the mobility mix, and they pledged to spend 10% of the transport budget on cycling and 10% on walking. And that translates to a million euros a day for cycling and walking in that relatively small country. Um, so national cycling strategies can also be very helpful in directing those kind of investments, but also at the city level, mobility plans uh, that foresee lots more cycling are good ways to make sure that um, the investment and the prioritization occurs. Mm -hmm. And do you have another good example you, you really like? Or do you see any city that makes a lot of progress in the past years? Yeah, some of the cities that really stand out in the past few years, I would say Paris is probably the biggest, most prominent example where since 2014, when the mayor Anne Hidalgo took office, you know, she made it a goal to really build up the cycling infrastructure and, and make the city a much more livable place. And we've seen this happen before our very eyes ever since. Um, Brussels is another good example. In 2018-19, um, the Greens got into um, a lot of the... the um, the government structures there, and they were able to implement plans for the Good Move Mobility Plan, which also, um, you know, intended to bring a lot more active mobility infrastructure uh, to the mix. Um, but even some cities that you wouldn't um, consider traditionally everyday cycling places where we're seeing progress like Milan or Rome or Barcelona or um, Lisbon uh, are also some good examples of where we really see things changing. This is really cool. And I love to hear about the progress because it, it makes your work so valuable to see the results at the end. Could you give us an example of a current project you do, for example, in one of those cities? 
So we are involved in a number of EU-funded and other um, projects. And these projects can involve all sorts of different things, but maybe one interesting example, something we've been involved in for a while, um, is called the City Changer Cargo Bike Project. And this aims to increase the uptake of cargo bikes and to increase the awareness of how they can contribute to sustainability and, and to the mobility mix, both in terms of psychologistics or for everyday use, um, also to have things like cargo bike hire schemes in, in various cities. And in the context of that project, we work with a, a number of cities uh, across Europe who are also part of the, of the project. Finding enough investments for active mobility is often a challenge. I think you experienced that um, yourself. What can be methods to increase and ensure resources for cycling? Do you have any tips? Well, I think the cities themselves do have an enormous influence over what is done with their public space. And so do they want um, to use that public space uh, for parking lots, for cars that are going to sit idle 95% of the time? Or do they want to make it more healthy, livable space for people to walk and cycle and otherwise enjoy it? So I think that's um, one of the first places that, that, that cities can look. You know, do they want space built for cars or space built for people? And This is a guiding principle that we have seen behind some of the more successful strategies and policies that are transforming um, some of the very good examples uh, of cities that we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. And you talked about those 15 billions by the end of the decade, if I am not mistaken. Um, where does that money come from or where do you see any um, potential or donors, for example? When we talk about 15 billion, we're talking about a whole range of sources of just EU funding. So that's in addition to anything you might see at the local or the national level. And so one thing that we do, because we operate at the European level, we, um, for example, analyze all of the operational programs of the EU to see where funding for cycling might be available. And we put this information into country-specific guides that we spread very widely to cities, regions, municipalities um, to help them you know, find uh, sources uh, for projects that they might be considering. And so these funds might come from the, uh, well, basically from the EU structural funds. They might come from the Interreg program. One very big uh, source of the past two years has been the um, EU Next Generation Recovery and Resilience funds. So in total, that was over 650 billion of EU funding that's going to the EU member states. And of course, we lobbied to have as much of that funding as possible be um, spent on, on cycling infrastructure investments. Do you see any changes over the past 10 or 15 or 20 years in the promotion of active mobility in Europe? Yes, I, I think there is and there has been recognition that um, We want more active mobility in our cities, but also just beyond the pure mobility piece that we want more livable cities. We want better public space, higher quality public space. 
you know, cities that have really nice pedestrian zones and excellent cycling infrastructure always rank very high amongst the most livable cities and the cities where people want to live and the cities with very good real estate values. And I think more and more cities are recognizing what they can do to have more livable cities and mobility is is part of that. And if you could see into the future, how do you see the cycling situation given the current circumstances and the initiatives that are taken? Well, cycling is still experiencing a boom, uh, I'm happy to say. Um, the pandemic, as tragic as it's been, has really opened people's eyes to some things that maybe weren't so obvious before. Um, the lockdowns gave us a glimpse of what life without so much car traffic on the roads could look like. And people liked what they saw. Um, the cycling-enabling measures that cities put in during the pandemic, like the pop-up cycle lanes, uh, accelerated transitions towards more sustainable urban mobility in some places, um, particularly in those places where there already were good plans in place that could be accelerated or rolled out more quickly. And so this has been really positive, and I think it bodes well for the future because it's also been quite inspiring to those cities that maybe didn't have firm plans in place, that they could see quite quickly what can be done quite quickly. Um, but, you know, and, and the continuing climate emergency, I would say, adds more fuel to this and more urgency. Um, but that's not to say we still uh, don't face challenges, because we do. Um, again, it goes back to, you know, how do we um, fight the status quo? How do we change things when some people like things just the way they are? And uh, it's getting over that hurdle of, of introducing such change. It does take political courage and, and will, and um, it's not always easy. What would be your top three wishes for more cycling in our urban mobility system? I think, wow, that's, that's, um, that's a very good question. I'm going to have to think about that just a little bit. So three <laughs> wishes. I think one wish would be for every city to have a very ambitious modal split target for cycling that gets prioritized and acted on and invested in accordingly. So having, it, having targets um, would be very good. Then I, I think another wish would be to make sure that we have um, beyond this, you know, in terms of that behavioral change and creating a culture for cycling. I think it's making sure that all children have access to a bicycle and um, can learn to cycle because developing habits at a young age are so much more likely to be lifelong habits. So I think that would be my, my second wish. And my third wish would really be that um, more And more people would discover the absolute joy of leisure cycling, whether it's cycling holidays um, or just more weekend cycling. So beyond the getting from point A to B, which is excellent in and of itself, just uh, you know having that as a recreational activity and having that be um, more available to more people, I think would, would bring a lot of uh, physical activity and joy into people's lives. <laughs> Do you have a personal favorite cycling path or a route, maybe within your city, but also maybe through Europe? Yeah, I have a few. Um, 
I've done the Euro Velo 6. So, so you may know that the European Cyclists Federation also centrally coordinates the Euro Velo Cycle Route Network, which is a network of 17 long-distance cycle routes, which when fully complete will total about 90,000 kilometers uh, across 42 countries. And I'm not sure if I'm supposed to have a favorite <laughs> amongst the Eurovelo routes, but um, my favorite stretch of, of the Eurovelo is probably the Eurovelo 6 along the Danube from about um, Passau in southern Germany to Bratislava in, in Slovakia. That stretch is it's beautiful. It's, um, the infrastructure is fantastic. The amenities along the way, it's just so perfect. Um, to have carefree uh, days of cycling, that, that that has to be one of my favorites. And um, my other favorite is, so I lived in, in Freiburg in, in Germany for many years, and all around Freiburg you have some fantastic uh, cycle paths, but cycling over to France and then over the border and cycling over in the, in the Alsace um, is also a fantastic place to cycle because it's nice and quiet, um, but also well-built infrastructure and just very pleasant and peaceful. This is really cool. I can really hear how much you like it and how much you enjoyed it. Maybe I try it in the future. Jill, this was a quick one, a very quick podcast session today, but it was so insightful. Uh, I love how you shared your experiences with us all today and insights about your work. And yeah, it, it was really great talking to you. Thank you very much. I, I really appreciate the opportunity. It's been really fun. <laughs> cool. All the best for you. Speak to you soon. Thank you. Thank you, Joe, for giving us the inside perspective on ECF's work on promoting cycling as a sustainable mode of transport all across Europe. We now have a better understanding of the challenges and what can be done to draw more people into this sustainable practice. I don't know about you, but I'm actually curious to try the Euro Velo 6 route myself during the summer. To our listeners, Thanks for tuning in today and listening to our podcast, Talking Transport Transformation. We hope you all enjoyed today's episode. Hear you next month.